Hi everyone, I'm your host, Jaco Selka, and you are listening to Hopefully Sustainable. Each week, I'm going to talk to extraordinary people who are doing extraordinary things to make the world a more sustainable place. My goal is for this episode to leave you feeling hopeful about an idea, a person, or the world in general. Thank you for joining me in this conversation, and all together we can be hopefully sustainable. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hopefully Sustainable. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Last week, I actually decided to take a week off to record and plan some exciting new episodes and content that is going to be coming out over the next few weeks, so stay tuned. And before we get into today's episode, I wanted to give a quick announcement. With Earth Day coming up this Thursday, I have the opportunity to moderate a youth panel that's going to take place on Earth Day from 7 to 9 at night Eastern Time. I have the opportunity of introducing you to five incredible youth who all live in Georgia and are making a difference every day. I'm super excited to hear their presentations and I think everyone is going to leave feeling really inspired and hopeful about the future. If you are looking for a way to participate in Earth Day, this is a great event, so I will include the link to register in the show notes for today's episode. And now I am introducing you to Jacqueline Sun and Taylor Hurley. You might not have ever considered putting cauliflower in your oatmeal before, but Jacqueline and Taylor believe that cauliflower oats have the nutritional value and uniqueness to break into the breakfast food industry. They first started putting cauliflower into their oatmeal to try and get more vegetables in their diet, and it has now turned into the company Brassi. Jacqueline and Taylor are going to talk about how they got the idea to create Brassi, which is a company on a mission to provide you with good food that makes you feel great. Both women are going to tell their story of how they decided to start a business while attending undergraduate. They are going to discuss the challenges and successes of incorporating sustainability into a business and all at the same time encourage other entrepreneurs to go after their dreams because it's now or never. I had so much fun talking to Jacqueline and Taylor. They are both so passionate about what they do. It's such an interesting idea and I'm really excited to share their story with you. Let's get started. Jacqueline and Taylor, I'm so excited to have you both on Hopefully Sustainable today. Can you tell us about who you are? Of course. So I can start off. My name is Jacqueline and I'm a co-founder of Brossy. I originally grew up in the Bay Area in California and one of my biggest hobbies growing up was playing competitive golf, which got me a lot into mental and physical health. And I think just growing up in California, sustainability was always something like at the forefront of my mind and also maybe just stuff that I didn't think about because I don't know, my mom always composted, like always used reusable bags. Um, For college, I decided to go a little farther from home to the University of Michigan, and I decided to study business because I had a bunch of different random interests in mind and didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So I thought business was broad enough to cover a little bit of everything. 
And then I met Taylor my freshman year through the business school. Yeah. And then I'm originally from Oregon, also a senior here at University of Michigan, studying business with Spanish and environmental studies minors. Um, have a background in like consulting and finance, but have always been trying to find the side projects of the sustainable business, no matter where my internship was. And then I also grew up an athlete and that got me really interested in health and wellness. I was also a foodie. I was a person who, when we were going on vacations, I would plan the trips around the restaurants. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it wasn't until this last April when we all had like more time to reflect than we're used to that I started putting together all of these passions of mine. So sustainability, food, health and wellness business. And that's what really got me excited. I started a food blog on Instagram, which is at lively.tay. And then from there came the idea of Brossy and Jacqueline and I started it back in November of 2020. Coming from the West Coast, how did you both end up at the University of Michigan? Yeah, I can take this. Um, so I applied all over the place. I had no idea where I wanted to go, but I knew that I would love to end up in Oregon again. So I wanted to go explore somewhere else for undergrad. I applied all over the place, um, knowing that I wanted to study business and ended up between Michigan, UVA and Virginia and Berkeley. So I'll have really good business schools. And then I toured all three. And when I toured Michigan, I just had like the special feeling in my heart. I think it was a perfect mix of good school, good business school, but also fun sports, fun town, um, good social. So it's been an amazing home the last four years. Yeah, I don't know if Taylor, like we have actually talked about this because I had like a very similar mindset when I was applying to schools where I was like, okay, I know I want to study business. So my parents were like, go down the list of top business schools and we'll apply there. But I also knew I wanted a larger school balance with like social life, football, um, but really good academics and just wanted to be in a different environment outside of California. So when it came down to it, I was actually also deciding between Berkeley, Michigan, Virginia. My parents both went to UVA and that's where they met. So there's like a little bit of a push there. But when I toured Michigan, it was kind of similar where really loved the campus. Um, when I was here, I was here for probably like two days and it's like thunderstorming the whole time, but I still loved it. So super happy that I decided to come to Michigan. And also it's like, I'm never going to live in Michigan, I don't think, um, for like later on in my life or maybe not even the Midwest. It's a good time to spend four years here. Yeah, well, it definitely seems like fate that you both ended up at the University of Michigan. Jacqueline hit on it a little bit, but how did you both meet and become friends and really come together to make a business? So we met, we were in the same business fraternity our freshman year in the same class. And so started becoming friends through that and then really just had the friendship like grow closer over time. So that was freshman year, sophomore summer, we interned together in New York and every weekend walked probably 20,000 steps exploring the cities, going to brunches, finding the fun health shops. Um, junior year, we were both abroad and we actually got a meet up while we were abroad, which was a ton of fun. And then senior year for Brossy, I had this idea, but knew that it was gonna be a ton of work. And Jacqueline, I knew she was interested in entrepreneurship. We love talking about health and wellness and food companies together. And she also was making cauliflower oatmeal every morning like me. So reached out to her and we applied to a school business competition. Um, but we actually had about five days before the application was due. So it was a great jump start, but we got cut right away. 
and then just decided to stick with it and went home for winter break and had like a two month winter break this year. So that was our big sprint to get it off the ground. That's really amazing that you both stuck with it and persevered through rejection, which I feel like a lot of times when you hear these really great ideas or these really successful companies, a lot of times they did face rejection in the beginning, but they stuck with it, which is a really great example for people listening. As you both have mentioned, you were really passionate about business and about health and wellness and food. When did you both become interested in sustainability? I feel like a lot of people our age, I hear, either grew up with a sustainable family or it's something that they were really introduced to in college because our generation is being a lot more exposed, I feel like, to the environmental movement and sustainability. So where did both of your passions come from? My passion for sustainability definitely started before I realized that I had a passion for it. Uh, So growing up in Oregon, I was outdoors a lot and just really appreciated it, whether it was outdoor school or beach cleanups with my grade in elementary school. I think it was my senior year of high school that I found the passion for myself. So I had grown up in the same town my whole life and really wanted to do a project to give back to my community. So I decided that I was going to replace our school's paper towel systems with hand dryers to reduce our CO2 footprint and landfill addition. But I did it through using business. So I showed a cost benefit analysis and the different stakeholders. I think in doing that, I got really excited about understanding how business could be used as a force to make a change. And for me, like sustainability was one of those those areas I was super passionate about. Um, And then it wasn't until really this year that I started thinking about with food, not everyone, but the most people eat at least three times a day. And so there's a lot of impact to be made within the sustainability space if you can shift what people are consuming. I think I touched on this a little bit, but sustainability was always something that my family took a part in and I just didn't really realize it at the time because it was so normal for everyone on my block to have a compost bin next to their trash and recycling. Um, No one used plastic bags at grocery stores starting from like 2010 onwards. And I think like I really started to educate myself during high school when I would start watching like for me, like the first part of my sustainability journey was more in the food space so um watching like documentaries on netflix like youtubers who are vegan and then i decided to go pescatarian my junior year of high school as like a way to minimize my footprint in that space and then when i realized that i was more interested in sustainability was when i came to college and when i came to the midwest and i remember just seeing like when i'd go to the grocery store everyone used plastic bags at like our mire here um no one composts on the street and i was just like this is weird like feel like this is something that we should do and no one knew how to properly recycle and I had just known that my entire life and I think that's like when I realized like okay like this is something that I'm interested in this is something that I want to like incorporate and like show people um, the importance of sustainability and how you can incorporate those practices into your own life and like that's how it continued I don't think I ever really thought about sustainability as something incorporating into like a career I always thought of it as like a side passion or something that I would just explore more on my own on the side. So it's really cool to be able to bring that into Brassi. It's so interesting to hear your backgrounds and your stories of growing up with such a sustainable lifestyle from the start because I'm from Georgia and living in the South. I feel like sustainability is just starting to become a common 
practice in Georgia, you know, I see a few people at the grocery stores bring their reusable bags and a few people bring their reusable coffee cups to Starbucks, for example, but it's just the complete opposite of what you guys or kind of what you saw at Michigan sounds really familiar to me. And I think you both have a really important story to tell because it's so important right now for businesses to be getting involved in the sustainability movement and having a seat at the table when it comes to the fight against climate change. I know when I was at the University of Georgia, a lot of the times in the sustainability program, you hear a lot of people are environmental majors or in the science fields, but there's so much opportunity in the business field to incorporate sustainability. So I'm really excited to hear all about Brasi. First, can you tell us where exactly the idea came from? How did you first even decide to put cauliflower in your oatmeal? <laughs> yeah, the idea came from back in this summer. Um, I used to do smoothies and hide zucchini or cauliflower into my smoothies to get a veggie in the morning. But I had moved back to campus and my housemates did not like me using the blender in the morning. So I need to figure out a new breakfast. Um, so I started making a cauliflower oatmeal and then really liked it, started posting it on Lively Tay, the food Instagram, and saw it picking up traction. So I had housemates start making it. I had housemates' parents texting me about the recipe, friends of friends. So could tell there was something there. Um, but also as we were moving out of summer and having classes start, it was getting a bit busier. And so really wanted a way to eat it in a quicker way instead of having to grab 10 different ingredients from across the kitchen. So that's how the idea of brossy um, or like putting it into a product really came to be was seeing that initial excitement and traction. Jacqueline, how did you get involved with Taylor's idea? Yeah, so Taylor, I remember like was sharing this recipe on our blog and I was like, oh, it's a really smart way to incorporate veggies into your breakfast and also just like bulk up your breakfast a little bit. So I started incorporating into mine, like buying rice cauliflower at the store and doing that. I think it was around November of 2020 when Taylor was like, okay, so I know like we've both been making collioats for like a few months now. Like, what are your thoughts on maybe like applying to the Michigan Business Challenge with it? And I was like, Sure, down, like not doing too much. I'm going to be a part-time student next semester, like have some more time on my hands. So I remember going over to Taylor's house and we sat in her like tiny college room and we put a bunch of sticky notes on the wall and we we're like, okay, like if we have this idea, we need to get a name. Like we have to have a brand. We need to figure out like what flavors we want. And we essentially just put a bunch of sticky notes up and we're like, if we want to do this, we have to do this, which will allow us to do this. Um, and just started there and like started talking about our ideas um, we were both super excited about it. So writing like our business plan for the business competition really helped us be able to see like all aspects of the business. And even when we did get rejected, we were just like, okay, we think this idea could be something like we might as well run for it. Like worst thing we lose is, I don't know, just a few months of our time or something like that. So super excited that we went for it. Even though you got rejected, did you get any feedback or were people excited about the idea since it's such a unique concept? I think from that business competition, we talked to like the director afterwards and it was just a similar sentiment where there are businesses that were years along or like months along and had customers and stuff. And we had one idea um, and thought about it for a week. So we like understood that, but 
since then, like we took that feedback and like just talked to a bunch of advisors in the business school, um, in the Entrepreneurship Institute. I was able to like take all of that, apply the next semester for a different business competition, like was able to work through that. So it's been super helpful, especially to be at a university and always get constant feedback from these professors, whether it's classes we're taking or programs we're participating in. So that's been super helpful. So where exactly does the name come from, Brassi? So Brassi is actually short for the word brassica, which is cauliflower. It's the cruciferous vegetable family. We like to call it cauliflower's veggie family. And so the idea is our oatmeal has a hidden veggie and so does our name. So there's this hidden part um, within both. <laughs> That's really cool. I like that a lot. I imagine it's a challenge to break into the health food industry or the breakfast food industry. So is there a target audience for this product or what do you think separates your product from others? To speak to the target audience part, we've definitely been playing around a little bit with like both components. So we've always said like our product is like for those for those who are on their own health journeys and we want to like play a part in that and showing it's really easy to eat healthy. It's also convenient. It's affordable and it's also delicious and it tastes good. So I think with that, um, a lot of who are targeting are parents who can feed this to both themselves and their kids because they're busy. They like want to feed their kids the best foods or else they might feel guilty. And then also like working professionals and college students who also have this similar thing where don't have a ton of time in the morning. Maybe they're skipping out on breakfast currently or just don't know where to start, but they want to incorporate these more healthy practices into their lives. So I think that's like who we're focusing on currently. And that's like you can see like through our branding and marketing, we're targeting a little bit of like the younger folks with like our packaging and also just like our brand image in general. Yeah. And then for differentiation, we always say we believe in food without compromises. Um, so like Jacqueline said, it's convenient, affordable, um, healthy, sustainable, and delicious. I think within that, we have like three big differentiators. So one is our sustainability. We're incredibly transparent with where we're at and where we want to go with our business. Um, we also share like sustainable Saturday tips on our social medias, making it part of the community. The second is whole nutrition. So as consumers ourselves of a lot of health-based products, we always felt like there was compromises that had to be made. You get the high protein option, you could get the high fat option, but there didn't tend to be like a fully balanced meal. And so we have a balance of all of the macronutrients. So complex carb, healthy fat, and plant-based protein. And then we also have fiber and a hidden veggie because 95% of college students don't get their recommended fruits and vegetables for the day. And 95% of American adults and kids don't get their fiber for the day. So our whole nutrition was really big. And then the third aspects we've had sustainability, whole nutrition. The third is beyond the bowl which really just means like we're more than just a company selling you this one oatmeal bowl. Um, we're creating a community that is inspired to go out and live this healthy lifestyle and live a sustainable lifestyle. And you can really see that with our social medias. Um, we've had a ton of fun having people sending us messages, creating new recipes, um, just overall like connecting as a community. As you mentioned, sustainability is a huge part of your business. There are a few different components to a business. So I wanted to talk about or ask you how you implement sustainability into these different components. 
So for the ingredients that are in the cauliflower oats, how does sustainability play a part into where you source the ingredients from? Sourcing has definitely been one of our like biggest challenges when we first started, just because we didn't know where to look. And because we've never been in the CBG food space before, we just didn't know necessarily what like it meant to source sustainable sustainably. And especially as a small business, when you don't need to buy 10,000 pounds of oats, had to do that. So we're like super mindful in sourcing our ingredients and trying to balance like the costs associated with it um, and also like our mission. So we try to do one of three things when we source or we do do one of three things when we source our ingredients. One is buying from like a local food store in Ann Arbor to support Ann Arbor businesses. The second is to source from the Midwest. So we're working with one larger supplier in the Midwest who the products are also from the Midwest um, to lower like the carbon footprint there. And the last, if we had a little bit more struggle and I couldn't do that, then we just worked with suppliers who had core values that aligned with ours. So sustainable farming practices from where they buy from, local agriculture, supporting independent farmers. So that's where we started now. We have a lot of dreams to even better this practice. Um, for example, like cauliflower is a little bit hard in Michigan because it's a seasonal product that we'd love to buy more locally, um, go through that process of our own of like freeze drying and all of that. But for now, we know we're just not at a point where we can do that. But a lot of dreams there and also a lot of dreams in like other sustainable practices. I feel like one of the hardest parts or one of the hardest aspects to incorporate sustainability into is the packaging. Have you all had to try to incorporate sustainability into packaging or what has that conversation looked like? Packaging was a huge conversation for us up front because to be honest, we talked with a lot of brands that we look up to and it's something they struggle with too because there isn't the perfect solution right now. And so what we thought about was recyclable or compostable. And so we compared the options across with compostable. It was very expensive because not only did you have to do compostable packaging, but then either stickers or printing. And oftentimes you can't just throw it in your backyard compost. It needs to go to a composting facility. So we striked that one out and went to recycling. Within recycling, there was two options. So there was one having a pouch that could be recycled. And the second was having a pouch that used post-consumer recycled materials. And so to start, we thought about having a pouch that you could recycle because that would decrease the landfill addition. Um, we actually talked with a pretty large company that's known for helping companies recycle soft plastics because soft plastics as well can't be recycled in your typical production or typical recycling facilities. Um, we ran into a cost problem right away. It is really expensive to join these programs because essentially you pay an upfront fee and then you need your consumers to send in all of their packaging, which at this point we didn't see was going to be happening for the most part. So what we ended up doing was all of our packaging is 30% post-consumer recycled materials, which we appreciate, which we felt good about because A, it's using less virgin materials, and then B, it's also increasing the demand for recycled soft plastic. So hopefully if we can increase that demand and slowly shift that ecosystem, we can get to a point where soft plastics can be recycled in your recycling bin. I know that you all incorporate sustainability when it comes to shipping. Could you talk a little bit about that? 
Yep. So we use post-consumer cycle mailers. So kind of for the similar thought process that Taylor just explained. So those mailers are 70% PCR materials. And then we also use longer shipping times because I know we're like so used to one day, two day shipping with Amazon these days. And that's just not the best way to ship product. And then for all of our local deliveries, we try to walk them ourselves. So also like anything in Ann Arbor area, like Taylor and I will just like pick them up and like walk the one mile or half a mile across town. Um, it's like another way to minimize our footprint there. Yeah. And adding on to, I didn't know this for a while, so I think it's helpful with the one or two day shipping is it creates a lot of trucks going out for shipments that are half full that could be filled to the brim. So that's why we mm. use slower shipping is the thought that the fleet trucks will then be able to wait longer, fill up, and then you'll have to send less out on the road. Well, I really appreciate both of you being super transparent. It just shows how challenging it is to incorporate sustainability into a business. So I think it's really incredible that you both are really trying to focus on sustainability. And I know that as time goes by, hopefully it will just get easier and easier to be a sustainable business. But sounds like you all are really trying your best and leading the way in incorporating sustainability into a business. What has your experience been like so far of starting and running a business while at the same time finishing school? I think it's been like, I wish that we would have started earlier. Starting a business as a student is awesome because it's your lowest risk point. You don't have to give up another job to start the business, but you can do it with your extra time. Also, like Jacqueline was saying, we're so plugged into campus resources. So we're using University of Michigan Law Clinic and undergrad consulting firm grant programs. So all of that has been great. That said, it's definitely been interesting going from idea to where we're at. I remember the day that Jacqueline came over and we had a bunch of bowls spread across my college kitchen trying different recipes and all of my housemates were thinking what on earth are you guys doing and we just said <laughs> we're we're applying to a business competition. Um <laughs> but I I've loved starting as a student and would definitely if there's any like young listeners listening to this we would recommend starting as soon as you can. Definitely agree that I think it's the absolute best time to start a business just because so many resources, it's very low risk because if you fail, you're still in school um, and there's all those other opportunities to explore. It's also been um, an interesting like experience, like learning how to balance both school and starting a business too. It's super awesome to have a co-founder because sometimes I'll have a busier week with assignments and Taylor will pick up a little bit more. Or Taylor will have a little bit more. And I can like pick up more on the brassy side. So it's been super nice um, to have a co-founder in that space. But I think definitely um, like having all those resources and having alumni at the school um, to talk to and like having their advice there has been super helpful. What are the flavors that you all offer? And out of curiosity, what are your favorite ways to enjoy the cauliflower oats? The first one is apple and spice. So we know we're telling people like we're adding cauliflower to your oatmeal. So we wanted a flavor that's a little bit more traditional so people could have that famili familiarity, but still try our product. And the second one is cacao coconut. So this one's for a little bit more of like people who have a sweet tooth. If you want to feed it to your kids, they probably like the chocolate aspect of this a little bit more. Personally, right now I'm on a huge pancake kick. Um, it's like what I just made like 
a few like an hour ago for <laughs> breakfast so you can actually take her oats blend it in a blender with like banana um like plant-based yogurt some milk and make it into pancakes so I've been making a lot of cacao coconut pancakes oh that sounds really good yeah I mix up the way that I make it I made energy like apple and spice energy bites the other day which were really good and all these recipes we post on our Instagram which is just at eat brossy but I would say my favorite way to eat it in the morning is probably the cacao and coconut microwaves just because it's super quick and then I'll add like a nut butter um, and sometimes some fresh fruit on top. Yeah, that sounds so good. And I'll be sure to link the Instagram in the show notes so everyone can go check out all of those recipes. So over the next few years, what are your goals for Brassy and where do you guys see yourself going after graduation? After graduation, Jack and I actually have full-time careers starting. So we had both signed or re-signed in the summer far before we knew we were going to start a business. That said, we are bringing on two more women who are going to be running our operations so we can keep it going as we transition to these full-time careers. And we'll stay more on the strategic side, thinking big picture. The dream is that we could transition to working on this full-time one day. We have financially a bit more to go just because we are so new to move to that. But we really want to be more than a cauliflower oatmeal company. expanding to new flavors, new products, lunch and dinner, and just helping people, helping people live these healthy, sustainable lifestyles in like a convenient and affordable way. As we come to the end of the episode, where can listeners purchase the oats and support Brassy? You can purchase our collie oats at www.eatbrassy.com. We currently offer like both flavors as well as like a bundle pack for a little bit at a discount. And then for those in the Michigan area, we have some physical stores too. And you can go to our website, look at our store locator. Um, And then if you just want to follow along, we post a lot about like sustainable Saturday tips or Sunday spotlights or Tasty Tuesday. If you want to see different recipes, you can check that out on our Instagram at also eat brassy. Great. Again, I'll post all of those in the show notes so everyone can follow along and purchase their cauliflower oats. So for the last question, I wanted to ask what you both are hopeful about. I would say I'm really hopeful for seeing the increased activism, especially amongst our generation and the younger generations with speaking out amongst sustainability, racism, inclusivity. I think I'm really excited to see how we're going to change our future. I'd say I'm super hopeful for this like movement and push towards like living a healthy lifestyle. I think COVID especially reminded people that if you don't have your health, like you don't have much else in your life. So it's super awesome to see these smaller, better for you brands getting placed at large grocery stores and being able to see all these new products on the shelves where traditionally you just see like these major corporations and just see different various variations of those products. So super excited to see the growth there and Um, having people push for healthier lifestyles, both like eating and also through exercising. And yeah. Well, Jacqueline and Taylor, thank you so much for taking the time to share all about Brassy today. It's such an amazing idea. I love that you both are just starting a business while you're still in school. I'm really excited to see where you both go after graduation and Good luck with both of your full-time careers that will be starting soon. And thanks again for being here today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to learn more about today's guest or just say hello, check out the show notes and find us on Instagram at hopefully sustainable pod. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. As you finish this episode, remember that we are all on a personal journey to make the world a better place, but it's all about progress, not perfection. Until next time, stay hopeful and stay sustainable.